you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. Well, we are starting a brand new series called Students of Jesus. So, hey, it's back to school time. All the kids excited? Uh, that I know you're not. <laughs> All right, well, to get us going, I have a few back to school jokes, or at least some school jokes for you. Teacher, Donald, what is the chemical formula for water? Donald, H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O. Teacher, what are you talking about? Donald, yesterday you said it was H2O. H-I-J-K. Okay. Hey, why was school easier for cave people? Because there was no history to study. All right. These are lame, I know. I just, it's okay. Now, this one, kids, you students, young people, you have to use this one. So if you've tuned out of anything, you want to focus on this one because you can use this on your teacher. Here's what you're going to say. Teacher, would you punish me for something I didn't do? And the teacher would say, of course not. And then you would say, good, because I didn't do my homework. (laughs) Aha, yes, yes. See, trickery, trickery. All right. I don't know if I'm teaching you to be a good Christian or not right here. I was like, all right. All right, one more. Mom, this is what mom says. Mom, what did you do today? What did you do in school today? And interestingly enough, uh, these are not my jokes because they're so bad. If they were my jokes, they'd be good, but these are bad. But the, these ones, so the other, so it's so mom and the response, they actually put Mark. So this is good. So Mark, we did a guessing game, mom. But I thought you were having a math exam, Mark. That's right. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a real true story about that, and we'll get into, if you're really bored of these stories and stuff, we are going to be in the book of Romans today, so you can start flipping there if you want to the book of Romans. But I'll tell you a true story. In, in ninth grade, it could have been eighth, I can't really remember, it was either eighth or ninth, um, true story, I showed up and either I forgot to study or I didn't study hard enough. I can't remember all those details except I was in math and our math teacher says, okay, close your books. We're taking your math exam. This is not a pop quiz. This is a math test. This is going to be a big grade. I was like, I do not know any of these answers. As a sheet comes to my desk, Like, I can't fail this. I can't flunk this, but I do not know it. So I was like, earlier that year, I was very fascinated by Chinese characters. And uh, and so I'd practice these Chinese, like writing in Chinese. It wasn't real Chinese because it was just kind of like, I loved how they made those squiggles and dots and it made it look like really cool. So I was like, I know if I answer all the answers in Chinese, he wouldn't know if I have them right or wrong. So, I went and filled in the entire test in Chinese. Well, the next day, the teacher goes, he slides me the paper, he goes, what's this? And he goes, it's my test. He goes, well, I can't read it. Well, I said, well, it's in Chinese. 
goes, well, I can't read Chinese. I said, what are we going to do? <laughs> and he goes, well, I think you need to retake the test. And I go, yes, I can go home and study. And I got a better grade. So there's another little tip for you uh, students out there. Just take your test in Chinese. <laughs> okay, or maybe not. Who told you to do that? My pastor. <laughs> All right, that's not very good. Okay, we are talking about students of Jesus, though, this new series. We are back to school, and uh, Matthew 28, it really talks about for us not only to make disciples, right? This is a great commission, going to all the world, preach the gospel, making disciples. Well, for us to make disciples, we first have to be a disciple, now, disciple, we don't use that term a whole lot today in the sense of modern language, but really what a disciple is, a learner. And all of us are learners, whether you're in school right now, you're learning, whether you're um, at work, you're, which we should always be lifelong learners, but especially be learners of Jesus. Today, I'm going to be talking about how every single one of us need to be student teachers, the reality is, is we all have to be student teachers. We have to be continued learners from Jesus. Jesus, teach us. And he teaches us through his word. He teaches us through community. Coming to church is not just to worship God. That's a part of it. But it's to be instructed by the word and it's to give each other encouragement. That helps us and it's to serve each other and that helps us to grow to be learners. But we also, I think we've got, if you're here today, you probably got the student part, the disciple part okay. It's the teacher part that I think we forget, that we're all called to be student teachers. So the Bible says that in the last days, right will be called truth. Well, wrong will be right and right will be wrong. So interestingly enough, I get a, uh, an email two days ago um, from our superintendent of our school system, and, and, and our governor signed into law this anti-discrimination for those who um, have gender dysphoria or gender confusion or whatever you want to call it, transgender stuff. And so in this um, letter, all of our schools, which I have a daughter who's a senior in high school, and I have a seventh grader. I have another one who's in university. But, but basically saying for this school, now all of our bathrooms and locker rooms are gender neutral, which means whatever you feel, whatever you want to be that day, you can go into any of these restrooms. It doesn't seem to make sense to me, but it just made me realize that we are probably closer to the end times than we think we are, where we're calling right wrong and wrong right. But here's the thing, it's, it's not our governor, it's not our lawmakers, it's, but here's the reality is we, we want to, like, our insides are like, that's so wrong! But the reason is, is our lawmakers and anybody who has had influence in that, if they don't know Jesus, they're just doing what they think is logical, like, we don't want to discriminate against people, and I get that, I don't want to discriminate against anybody anyways. But we take these concepts and these thoughts of the world and then we try to wonder why we are in the place that we're in as a society. But you know, in Psalm 34 verse 10, it says, those who seek him lack no good thing. 
Those who seek him lack no good thing. And I love this idea that God wants a blessing for his people and he wants to pour abundance on us. But we wonder why there is so much trouble. Why do we have so many kids in the foster care system? Why do we have so many people dying of drug overdoses? Why do we have so much addiction? Why do we have um, the breakdown of the family? Why do we have fatherlessness and motherlessness? Why do we have... You name it. We know that we have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Well, at least the word of God tells us this, but do we really believe that? Because I wonder if all we are is a student of Jesus, but not a teacher of Jesus, which means we're not sharing Jesus with others, we're actually losing the battle. Let me just say that again. It's great that you know Jesus, and I'm so happy that you do. And if you're here and you're checking out Jesus, you you haven't been introduced to him yet, um, make sure you come see me after service. I'd love to pray with you and introduce you to Jesus and know that you are, are in a place of salvation, but also in a place of now beginning your journey as a learner of Jesus. But you're going to be a student teacher. All of us need to be student teachers. But we become students. We come to church. We read our Bibles. We pray. But we don't do the teacher part, which is we don't share our faith really well. Or we don't proclaim the truth of the gospel really well. And we get shy and we get a little, you know, I'm happy with my spiritual family called church. But sometimes if we're not realizing that we have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, destroy, as John 10.10 says, but then Jesus says, "I I have come to give you life and life in the full. We can't be thinking that like it's a spiritual net neutral. Either the kingdom of darkness is getting bigger or the kingdom of light is getting bigger. There's no, there's no net neutral. And, and I think what happens is if, yes, you've, you've come to Christ and you think, oh, I've been saved and, and, and you feel his peace and you feel his love, but you realize that the enemy is like a lion seeking whom he'll devour and he's out there looking to kill, steal, destroy. And yet we get inside the church and we go, oh, we're a student of Jesus. We, we love Jesus and we'll read our Bible, but we forget that we're supposed to be student teachers. How many people have you introduced Jesus to? How many people have you shared your own, your own story about how Jesus has found you? If you've been journaling with us um, through our Bible journal reading, uh, and if you happen to be in Ezekiel, which by the way, I so love that there is a New Testament to go along with the Old Testament. Because if you just read the Old Testament, you would think God is out to get you. And... um, but the writers of the Old Testament understood a side of God, but, but in Old Testament, we see the, almost the judgment of God. New Testament, we see the grace of God, that where we, we actually don't get what we deserve. Old Testament, they got what they deserved. But here in Ezekiel, God gives him a vision, the prophet Ezekiel, God gives him a vision of the children of Israel or the Israelites, what they're doing in secret in their homes, what they're doing in secret in the temple. And God just says, they're wicked. And destruction is going to come upon them. Now, I don't know what your theology is on this. And theology is just the understanding of God is all that word theology is. 
But um, we know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we see the nature of who God is, who is actually quick to forgive. Now, he does have anger, but he's quick, he's gentle, he's, he's forgiving, he's patient. But in the Old Testament, you'd, you could just see this side of God that like it's destruction, destruction, like people don't, people, they're wayward and they go against God and then they go into captivity and, and calamity happens. So you can kind of think like, is, is God just out to get people? But the reality is, I, I think it's not God himself. I think that is a reflection. They're just describing what happens when people move away from God. Calamity will happen. Because our world is under the influence of Satan, who wants to kill, still destroy. So when we take ourselves, our lives, out of the covering of God, or people who are never in the covering of God, they are free game for the enemy to wreak havoc on their life. And the result is going to be destruction, pain, hurt, addiction, depression, anxiety, and then we wonder why we got crazy laws coming into place. We wonder why we're calling right, wrong, wrong, right. And maybe for too long the church has been great students of Jesus, but we forgot that we're supposed to be teachers. We're supposed to be student teachers. So atheists... By the way, an atheist is this, that they don't believe there is a God. And I think people choose to be atheists because it's much easier to kind of say, hey, you know what? I'm going to live my life when I die, I die. A lot of atheists have typically a lot of trauma in their life. In other words, where's their God if there's, you know, I've experienced this type of thing. Where's the loving God? So I become an atheist. Choose to say there is no God. Or agnostic, which is they don't have faith. An agnostic doesn't have faith, but they do have a sense of believing in a supreme being. But they can never, an agnostic will say, well, you can never really know who God is. So there's no faith of a personal relationship with God. And agnostics kind of like are just kind of like, hey, let's just, uh, you know, feng shui or the yin yang or whatever, you know, what happens in the universe happens in the universe. I would say Catholics um, know the the wrath of God and maybe feel the guilt and shame. And I would say that, again, that's only knowing a side of, of our sinful nature and it's not, you don't understand the grace of God. I would say cult cultural Christians, which we could be classified as that if we're not careful. So I'm, I'm including all of us in this conversation. I'm not pointing anybody out. See, our cultural Christianities are like, we're glad we're saved and we'll read the Bible, we'll pray, and we'll check the boxes, and we'll go to church, and we feel good, but really we are a cultural Christian, and again, we're students, but not teachers. I'd also say the legalist Christians out there are the ones who just actually just, hey, I love the rules, and I want to make sure everybody else follows those rules. And I would have to say there's no life in that at all. And so, so you get these groups and these thoughts and whatever, and this is where in the church and out of the church and in the world, and then we realize that what we are called to, though, is to be learners of Jesus, but then to be teachers. So student teachers, teachers. And what that means is first to be a student is we have to live 
Students of Jesus, we have to live, act, and follow in Jesus' footsteps. How do you do that? Jesus isn't, Jesus physical is not with us today, right? Over 2,000 years ago, he died on a cross, rose again from the grave, saying who he was, son of God. But he says, it's good that I go, that I'm going to give you my, who's he going to give us? The Holy Spirit. So his spirit is right here with us, and he's going to help teach us. So if you aren't spirit-filled, I would encourage you. This is a spirit-filled church, by the way, which means that we receive the Holy Spirit into our lives, that we ask for the Holy Spirit to come into our lives, that every day we ask, Spirit of God, come guide me. On Thursday, we spoke, by the way, when we, if you've been around and you, you realize we went back to one service on a Sunday, we still have a Thursday night service. I want to be clear on that. Some of you are like, are we, we don't do Thursday anymore? No, we still do Thursday. So this past Thursday, we were, actually, what were we talking about this past Thursday? I spoke it. You think I would know it? <laughs> I'm getting confused. Last Sunday was the one about being in the light, right? We're to walk in the light. And as we walk in the light, we are to be a reflection of Jesus who lives inside of us, which really what we're saying is the whole, that's where I was going with this, the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us. And we need to be a reflection of Jesus for the people to, to see Jesus, but then we have to proclaim, we have to speak, and another word for speaking boldly is preaching this is where we're going to Romans. I told you we'd get there, so let's turn your Bibles to Romans. So here, here's my, my kind of revelation of as of late, or at least what I've been pondering or asking the Lord to kind of help me with. Let me find it here. Where was it? Romans. Oh, here it is. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. Okay, so we realize that, that our world's not getting any brighter. It's getting darker. We realize New Hampshire is the least reached of all the states of the 50 states um, of America, of the United States of America. And we realize that we are, we know the truth, we, we believe in Jesus, we, we're so happy that we've been found and that God loves us, but my concern is I feel like the darkness is growing and the light isn't growing at the same speed or overtaking the darkness. <laughs> Do you catch where I'm going with that? So which means why, what is happening if that's the case? Because we know that we have people who would say, I'm a follower of Jesus. And I would say, you're a faithful follower of Jesus. But how is it that the, the darkness continues to rapidly grow? And why aren't we overcoming that darkness with light, the light of Christ? And I think the answer is found in understanding that one of our calls is to be a student teacher. In other words, you're a student of Jesus... You're to be a learner of what, a disciple, but, but in the Great Commission, it says, go make disciples. So I think we got the first part, we struggle with the second part, and this is what I think we need to be encouraged and challenged with this morning in Romans 10, and I'm going to read starting in verse 14. 
It says, how then will they call on him, him being Jesus, in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him, Jesus, whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching or telling them about it? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? This is as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So the question becomes, if the darkness continues to grow, because trying to just change bathroom laws by just purely dealing with it on an external level doesn't change anything. We, we've got to go after the heart, really introducing people to Jesus who changes the heart. Right, because if we just keep going after the surface things, we can say we're for this, we're for this, we're against this, we're against this, but nothing will change. You know why? Because only Jesus changes the heart. We sang about this. By the way, Pastor Richie, I love your brand. By the way, that was Pastor Richie's song. God gave him that song and he delivered it to us, a new thing. Thank you, Pastor Richie. He's doing a new thing and, and he wants to do new things in people all around us, in your schools. Kids, I want to encourage you that you are to be a witness in your school this year. Each one of us who have a workplace, we are to be, what a witness is, is this, that people will begin to see Jesus not only in our lives and through our lives, but we would have God conversations. Because how will they know unless somebody tells them? is what the Word of God says. I'm not making this up. It says, how will they know? And I think for too long, we, we've done this friendship evangelism, which is kind of like, well, I'll just kind of live a good life, and maybe sometime, wink, wink, they'll catch on that maybe I'm a little different than everybody. But meanwhile, more and more people are falling into despair and depression and hopelessness when we're just kind of like, I hope, they kind of see something different in my life. Meanwhile, they're going in the pits of hell and we're like, hello. And we should be saying, can I just tell you, let me just tell you my story. I once was this way, living a crazy life, selfish, doing my own thing. And somebody introduced me or I got introduced to this Jesus person. When I found this Jesus person, he radically changed my life. I felt love for the first time. I felt acceptance, and, and he forgave me for all my past stuff. Now, I'm not perfect, but you know what? He's with me, and he guides me, and I love living for him. It's like that verse says, of those who seek him, that he will give them good things, and I realize he's a good father, and he gives me good gifts. Would you like to know this Jesus that I met it's really that easy. And I will tell you, if somebody says, no, I'm not ready for that, that's, that's fine. But I will guarantee more and more people are so hungry for the authentic and the true. And the truth. And, but, it, but who, how will they know unless somebody says something? <laughs> read they again. How then will they call on him? How will they call on Jesus? See, we, we realize we can't change the external without changing the internal. The internal can only be changed by a 
by the Spirit of God indwelling somebody. When they say we are a new creation, it is because the Spirit of God has come in and changed our nature. How will they call on him, Jesus, who, is, who they have not believed? We know there's a lot of unbelievers out there. How are they to believe in him who have not heard, ever heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? And I, and I think sometimes we get messed up on that and just saying, oh, right, how will they hear unless somebody goes to church? Because the preacher's there, right? And then we're off the hook. And just say, well, we'll wait till somebody comes to church, then they'll hear, because, you know, Pastor Mark, he's, he's an okay preacher, but at least he's true to the word of God. So we'll be okay if they come here. But what if I said that you're to be the student teacher, which means it's your job to share the good news of Jesus Christ? What if that is all of our responsibility? And what if that is the thing that's going to take so the darkness doesn't keep getting larger and larger and creeping in on the light, on the little flickers of light that we have an opportunity to explode and expand and overcome the darkness? Anybody with me on that one? Yeah, we want to do that, but it's going to take (laughs) each one of you to have the courage and the closeness with Jesus because it's got to be done out of compassion. It's got to be done out of the right motivation. It has to be done. This is not about how, how many notches can you get on your belt. This really is about understanding that people are in desperate need without Jesus that their life is so empty and their life is in shambles. I guarantee it. A life without Christ is a life that is really a hard life to live. I will tell you, the outside, the external, everybody can put on a pretty good show. (laughs) Others don't care about the show. They realize that their life is in shambles as they deal with addiction, as they deal with depression. It's pretty hard to put on a show when you're dealing with that stuff. But the reality, apart from Jesus, is no life. And all it is is people then are vulnerable to the enemy who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to give life and life in the full. And the life givers are the ones that he calls us to be vessels, to be the carriers of the good news. And if we're carriers, if we're vessels, if we're containers of the good news, then how does this good news get spread but yet by your mouth? That you've got to share the good news. So today, I want to encourage you, as the worship team comes up, are you going to be a student teacher? That's the big idea for today. Are you going to be the student of Jesus or are you going to be a teacher of Jesus? I love the season that we're going to be going into as a church. We're going to be starting up our life groups again. Our life groups have this, um, we've built this discipleship pathway. This, we'll call it, was a disciple. It's a learner, right? So we've, we've created a track for you to get on to start learning some things to give you confidence. So it starts with this, saved. Now, some of you are, um, are might saying, well, that's elementary. I want you to go through all of the four discipleship pathways. The reason being is because when you go through them, 
you're actually going to bring somebody else through them. Remember, you're the student and the teacher. You're the student teacher, which means that when you go through saved and it's like you save from what, save to what, and even if somebody's just checking out Jesus, that's a five-week course online. Um, all the content's free. It's all there, and you can bring somebody through that. But I would encourage you first to go through that yourself. They're saved. The next one is rooted. Rooted tells you about who's God, where's the en- who's the enemy, um, your relationship with a church. How do you um, how do you pray? Um, dealing with past um, your past. Dealing with sharing your faith. Um, other little things in there. Rooted, awesome. Then we have Financial Peace University. Why do we pick that as one of our core um, discipleship pathways? Because so much of, by the way, Jesus talked about money probably more than anything else that he talked about. At least the New Testament has so much packed about money because he understands what money does has a potential in our heart. And our, our world system is based on economy. How much of our time do we spend working Doing our bills, paying our bills, paying our, you know, whatever, our mortgage, our, our cars, whatever. And we realize to be generous and to be free, the, the Bible says that, that um, the borrower is slave to the lender. Imagine a church that didn't owe anything to anybody. <laughs> How free they would be how generous they would be, and this is what FPU would do, and so is my heart to move us as a church to be debt-free, not only as a church, but as individuals in the church, so we can, we're not enslaved to the system of the world. And then last, the doing what Jesus did. Doing what Jesus did. I love that one because, again, this is like, if we're truly going to be a disciple of Jesus, that means we follow in his footsteps. That means we do what Jesus did. Pray for the sick. Pray to, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How to have through revelation, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you so you know, hey, somebody's just asking for this for prayer, but you know what? The Holy Spirit's revealing a deeper thing there that really will bring the healing there. How to, how to bring somebody to Christ, how to pray for them to receive Jesus into their life. And that's a very practical practicum. We practice that, doing what Jesus did. And then we have that fourth one or fifth one, which is called launch, which means, hey, congratulations, you're equipped. Let's be the teacher part of the student teacher. Now, you don't have to do it in any particular sequence. Um, you can start with one and then after you do saved, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a bunch of people who don't know Jesus and I'm going to introduce, I'm going to preach the gospel to them. They're going to give their lives to Jesus and I'm, then I'm going to walk them through saved because it's not just a decision. It's then to make another disciple, to make another follower of Jesus. But we've got to, not only for us, but those we bring to Christ to be student teachers. Because when they come to Christ, they themselves start on this journey. But guess what? We will tell them, guess what? It's great to be a disciple, but our commission is go make disciples, which means you have to be a student teacher. Everybody, a student teacher. In closing, uh, uh, Jesus told us how to pray. Actually, that's what I talked about on, on Thursday. And part of that, the Lord's Prayer, 
that many people, our Father, were in heaven, how be the name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, his will. His kingdom, Jesus' kingdom, come here to earth. Jesus' will would be done on earth as is in heaven. So just allow your mind to, to run a little bit of just saying, what are the heavenly qualities? And realize that Jesus wants that to be manifest here on earth. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no pain in heaven. There's joy, there's peace, there's belonging. There's family. So are we praying this way? Are we praying this way? We're to be students of Jesus. We're to be teachers of Jesus. If we're just believers, think about the for a moment. If we're just believers, we're ineffective. The Bible says that even the demons believe. Believing is not what it's about. For followers of Jesus, we're students of Jesus, and we're going to live and we're going to follow him means that we're going to also be teachers of Jesus. And it starts in our home. It starts with you, a follower. Starts in your home. That means how are you doing in teaching your family the ways of Jesus? How are you doing in your family devotion, your family prayer? It happens in your schools. By the way, young people, there's, there's nothing wrong with bringing God to your school. There's nothing against the law of that. You can pray in your school. You can lead Bible studies in your school. You can bring your friends to Christ in your school. That's free for you to do. I would encourage it. In your workplace, your work has bought your time, so honor your, the time that the work has paid you. But in your lunch hour, which is your time, you're free to do whatever you want, to be respectful of people. But guess what? If you know that people are hungry for the truth, share your story, share your journey, and then your community. And I, I love that Grace Capital Church puts time, effort, and money into transforming our community through our transformation grants. But we do that in Jesus' name. We do that so the world can see Christ living in us. The Bible says, let your good works be seen by men that people might praise and glorify the name of Jesus. And I think we got the works thing okay. The thing I'm a little bit want to encourage is the, is the confidence to talk about Jesus found from Romans 10 verse 14. If you wrote that verse down today, make a note of it. I don't mind if you use one of our tithe envelopes in a pen, write it down. I really want you to read this again somewhere. Romans 10 14. And I'd love for you to read all the way through verse 17. Romans 10 14 through 17. I want you to refresh yourself. Maybe put it on your mirror. Maybe put it on your fridge to realize that every day that you have the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. The only way that we're going to overcome the darkness is by bringing more light of Jesus Christ into a dark world. So hearts can be changed and lives transformed 
And that's what's going to keep our families together. That's what's going to overcome the opioid crisis. That's what's going to come overcome the foster care crisis. That is what's going to overcome the issues of our societies today. It's only Jesus. It's only Jesus who can do that. We can't spend our money out of this way. We can't have more programs to get ourselves out of this. It is only Jesus who can get us out of this. So Lord Jesus, I pray that we would be student teachers, that we would first put our, posture ourselves as a learner, as a student of you, Lord Jesus, but we wouldn't stop there, but we would go out of these walls into our families, our communities, our workplaces, our schools to proclaim, to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Because it is only by you, Lord Jesus, that hearts get changed. And when hearts are changed, families are changed. When hearts are changed, schools are changed. When hearts are changed, government changes. When hearts are changed, a world begins to change darkness begins to flee. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would give us the courage to be the light, but to preach, to share, to talk about you, Lord Jesus, and invite people to know you. Before we close here, is there anybody who wants to know Lord Jesus? Well, every head is still bowed in a place of prayer. If you'd like to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior for the first time, just raise your hand. I'm not going to ask anything of you. I'm just going to pray with you. Anybody here want to receive Jesus for the very first time? Let the light flood your spirit and your soul. Going once, going twice. Lord Jesus, we trust that this room knows you. And if they don't, Lord Jesus, I pray they would find their friend that brought them or, or whatever and said, who's this Jesus? And how would I come to know him? And that the friends would invite them into this relationship. Because Lord Jesus, we are to be student, teachers, followers of you, proclaiming your word in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.